just a different world. Sure. Um, and, and it's funny that you can say how how tough your dad was, that kind of stuff, yet how you revered him and how you cared for him so much. Yeah. I think there's a big push towards like, I just want to be my kid's friend. Like, I want my kids to be able to say that I'm their friend, but they don't need another friend. Sure. They need a father. And there's a there's a massive difference in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even, even to my daughter, I'm not her friend. She knows I'm not a friend. But that's what she loves about me, because I'm not a friend. Right. Now, do we have great fun? Yes, we do. Absolutely. We laugh. My daughter, she gon' if she ran, if she was in here right now, she'd be so close to me. You think she my skin? Because that's all I that's all I give her is love. You know, I ain't the best father. Like my, you know, there's no perfect parent. You know, uh, but what I'm trying to teach her going up is 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 gonna it's gonna elevate her a, a little bit farther than the girl she grew up with because I'm. I'm a dude, but I'm telling her, I'm teaching her how dudes think. I'm giving her the blueprint of what's to look for. Now, when she fail, sometimes you got blueprints over building, you still make mistakes. You still put the bathroom in the wrong spot, you know? And you looking at the blueprint. So, but but my but my thing is to stay constant. Stay constant. Well, hello and welcome to The Precipice. You are on The Precipice. I'm your host, John, and we're not going to waste much time here. We're going to go ahead and get rolling with one of our uh, first conversations, more truthful conversations. We want to have all these conversations filled with uh, truth, hope, and love. And I have with me our co-host, Brad Willoughby. I've got my friend Jeff Tiggs as our guest interview today. And um, how y'all doing? Brad, Jeff, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Uh, Jeff, you had a busy week. You've been in St. Louis, and you got back in town and, and got right back to work, huh? Right back to work. Did you did you have any luck in at, at the tables in, in St. Louis, or did you do any of that? No. I didn't have no luck. Uh, no luck. No luck. I played, but no luck. When you go there, do you do a little bit of gambling or a lot of gambling? I do a little bit. I mean, I don't... Um, I have a set amount what I'm gonna lose, and uh, once I lose it, I'm up and I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy you're here. I think the uh, when I was thinking about you today, I thought, you know, Jeff, he's one of those guys. As I've gotten to know him, and we've we've known each other for, I think we said 15 years. We figured out as as old as your daughter is now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but we just now recently really start to get to know one another. And it's weird how you have people in your life like that, that you've, you've known for a while, but you don't really know them, know them. And anyway, I'm happy to get to know you, Jeff. I think you're one of those men that uh, you're real godly, but you're not religious. There's, there's something about you that uh, makes me want to get to know you more. And 
anyway, I'm grateful that you're on the podcast today. Well, kind of along those same lines, um, I just met you a few weeks ago, but I've known your name for a long time. Um, I remember um, being a little kid in Marietta football, having a really good team one year, and you being a real big part of that team. I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk to you as a as a as a guy that grew up and was you know born and raised in Marietta. Just kind of what it was like for you. You're a little bit little bit older than me, not much, but just kind of recount some of your your experiences and your thoughts of what it was like growing up in Marietta in the late '60s, '70s, and '80s. Well, <clears throat> I grew up. Uh, in a place called uh, Lyman Homes, which were the projects, um, 431 Hunt Street, apartment one. And, uh, well, no, 431 Hunt, Hunt Street, apartment four. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I was, uh, my mother and my father, um, they raised seven children together, but my father had another ch- outside child that he had before he met my mother. So, um, and my father was the only one who worked in our household, so I never really got to know my father like most kids know there because my father was basically working all the time and uh, to feed all of us. My mother never worked. Um, I am out of seven children. I am the fifth, the fifth child. Uh, I have two brothers younger than me, two brothers older than me, three sisters older than me. But I grew up uh, basically in the church. You know, um, people used to pick at us. They called us the sanctified children. You know, because my mother and them wore the long dresses. You couldn't smoke. You couldn't drink. You couldn't really have no fun. Uh, and you know they they was following Christ. You know, and, and our church was so strict. We couldn't really, you know, get with other people. A certain time of night, my mother would call. We had to go in, go to church. We was in church sun up to sundown. I'm talking about every day of the week we was in church. Yeah. My mother really believed in God. My father, he believed in, but he didn't believe like she believed. Mm-hmm. My father wasn't one to do all that jumping and shouting and going on running around the church. My father knew of God, mm-hmm. and he believed that that was his source. But my mother was like, uh, she held like 9 o'clock prayer meeting every, every morning, 9 o'clock sharp. Bunch of ladies from the church coming to our apartment. We had, we lived in a little apartment, and they praying. And I'm talking about they praying. And uh, it kind of irritated my father a lot because he just felt like all that wasn't necessary. But even still, she had his breakfast ready before he went to work. Nine o'clock prayer meeting. It might close out about eleven o'clock. Twelve o'clock. He had a full course meal. He he ate three full course meals from the day I was born till he passed, hmm. till, till my mother passed. So our family was close-knit in that we didn't really get to uh, uh, interact hmm. with, with, with other families. Uh, like, I've never, I've never spent a night over 
any other person's house outside of a cousin, and that may be occasionally. Now, why do you think that was? Was that just because y'all had so many kids? Is no reason to do that? or No, my parents, they protected us yeah. from a lot. And as I got older, I began to understand the protection yeah. because a lot of people that was uh, of my age that their parents was letting them go places. As we get old and we start to talk, we, I found out a lot of them was molested and a, a, a lot of them, you know, bad things happened to them. And uh, for that, I, I think my parents to this day that I never experienced that. I hear it, but I never experienced it. I even had one of my friends, he 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 relived a guy that molested him. He cut him up, but he had to remember. He, I guess it, 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 he had suppressed it for so long, and then this one day, it clicked on him. This was the guy, and uh, he cut him up pretty bad. And so I, you know, I, I just got little examples of, of stuff like that that I'm thankful for my parents. You know, like I was telling you once before, I had two imperfect parents, but they was perfect for me. I don't know what that, you know, my dad is from Alabama, my mother's from here. And uh, it was the the best marriage, but my father never not missed coming home. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. E- even if even if he drank a beer, I never saw him drunk. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh we never went hungry. We didn't have much, but you didn't know it. Right. You know, he always said that uh, don't nobody know what you eating at home mm-hmm. unless you tell it. You know, so a lot of days we we lived off potatoes and peanut butter, and, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't our family. It just was, you know, the way that the hood was raised. You know, uh, but even though we wasn't really considered part of the hood because we was kind of like ostracized, we was that that sanctified bunch. Right, you know, right. They, they kind of picked with us, you know? And uh, anyway, I mean, I, I grew up, uh, I found out at an early age I was really, really fast. I could run. I, you know, I, I still tell people to this day, I used to could run so fast that I thought at times that if I took one more step, I might fly. Nice. You know? <laughs> and so... Me having that, they they never would let me play ball until I got in the seventh grade. Mm. And uh, they didn't even know my speed till I got in the seventh grade. And it just happened one day, this, uh, this guy came, we was playing ball, and he did an in around. And I and we had some fast guys on our team, but when I come around that corner, it was it was, it was almost like they were standing, mm. and and the coach was like, "Wow, he had me playing defensive end." So. From that day on, I knew that I was faster than the average the average guy. Yeah. So I was stronger, faster, but I never lifted weights. Mm-hmm. I was naturally built because my dad, at nine years old, I was I was he was a brick mason, mm-hmm. and he had me toting bricks at nine years old. Then I got where I can hold them like, like tongs of them, just, yeah. you know, and it built me. It cut me up real nice. That's a workout. Yeah. 
And uh, well, so, let, me, let me ask you about the sports thing. Did you so growing up, were you spending time on the weekends working and, and different things like that with your dad, or was it just maybe whenever he might need you or something like that? No, every weekend. Okay, every weekend we out. He he he's laying bricks. He tells he tells me and my brother, um, you want things, you work for. And so sports weren't something that was like, hey, the YMCA starting a football league. We're going to go get you guys in there. It was like, you've got other things you need to do this weekend. Uh, he, I mean, he even, they had like a, a block party one time. And me and this guy, we had beef. And uh, so they made me and him get in the, in the ring. They gave us some boxing gloves. Okay. And uh, they made us get in the ring, and I whipped him. Mm. And this guy came to my father and said, look, let me take him to Florida mm -hmm. and I'll make a world champion out of it. My father said, no. And, <laughs> and I was pissed. Yeah. I was pissed because, but but I was too young. You but, know, I but mean, you, you had a feeling when you did that, like, I really like doing this. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. really like the box. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but, you, but, but you gotta understand why the guys couldn't hit me. Yeah. Guys couldn't hit me because I'm dodging my father. Back then, yeah. what they call child abuse does is nothing yeah. compared to what to how we came up. Yeah, that was something I actually had written down and wanted to ask you because I knew that you had mentioned last time we had talked that you had both your parents in the house and everything. And a lot of times, one's the, the tough one and one's the nice one, good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Evidently, your dad was pretty tough. Was your mom... The, the gentle one, or was she pretty tough, too? Were you scared yeah. more one than the other, or both yeah, kind of equal? My mother was loving. You know, she she shaped me in the, in the loving way, you know, how to give. And my father was tough, but they, they, they never was against each other. Yeah, good. If my mother told you, you couldn't do it, you couldn't go to my father and ask her. Yeah. I mean, you had one time to do that. And once he said, what did your mother tell you, and you tell him what she told you, you might get up off the floor. Yeah. I mean, that's just, but it was almost like a religious-like deal, especially at, at the church I went to because, it, you know, it, you know, he used to preach, uh, if you spare the rod, you'll spoil the child. And people thought it was almost a religious act to beat your children. Right, yeah, right. You know, uh, for anything. Yeah. You know, I remember one time my sister, she got a whipping because she liked boys. Mm. It was natural. Yeah, that's right. What, I mean, really? Yeah. You know, but so one of the ladies in the church said, uh, mm. Sister Tiggs, your daughter, was said she liked this boy. And, man, man, they, mm. you know, the type whooping my sister got that day for just liking a boy was unreal. Mm. You know, and I don't, I don't think my parents really knew or really – thought about yeah. what they was doing. Sure. You know, uh, I raised mine different. My daughter, I've never had to whip my daughter, so I know yeah. that my parents could have not ever had to whoop me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was so fearful of my dad, I really wouldn't, would never do anything. Because right. my dad was a mean man. He's like 6'3", 240. He, you know, he, mm -hmm. and he had some really quick hands, yeah. you know. So... Uh, yeah, I wasn't even supposed to play football. I had a brother older than me, and he was the real. He was the real deal, mm. and he was the first black center 
that played for Merritt High. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had letters from every major college it was. He just, when he got to his senior year, he just quit. He went, he, he said he got saved, and he walked off the team. He never played again. So he didn't play his senior year? No. Oh, wow. This was all his junior. This okay. this man here was, Wow. this man, you know, you ever seen that, uh, that picture of Michael Orr in, uh, what's that? What's that movie? Blindside? Blindside. Yeah, yeah. When he blocks the guy all the way down yeah, and yeah. throw him over the fence. That's how my brother blocked He drives you all the way down the field. You go, if the whistle don't blow, yeah. he's still driving. Gotcha. So, and he was tough, you know, and he was bigger. He was a lot bigger than me. I was like, my brother's probably 6'2". He probably weighed 180, mm-hmm. 190 in high school. Mm-hmm. I was like 5'11", 165. So, but I, but I, I had heart. I, I had, I, I was, I was gifted. I, I, I seen the game way quicker than, you know, when we study films, I could look at a guy's feet and the way he, when he come to the line, the way he sets his feet, mm-hmm. I knew if he was going, if it was going to be a pass or a run. Well, so so you didn't play real organized until middle school or high school? Seventh grade. Seventh grade, okay. So that's the first time for you playing organized yeah, football. Sure. Gotcha. And then uh and I still didn't I still wasn't in my element. I was, they had me playing like cornerback. Then when it when it got to my senior year, uh it's a guy named Jerome Gober. He was playing the strong side linebacker in uh uh what was this other guy named? Bruce Chastain, he was playing the right side linebacker. And they had me playing nose guard at 165 pounds. But the reason why I played nose guard because I was so fast off that ball. That, by, the time, by the time that center hiked that ball, yeah. I'm, I got that quarterback. He died, you know, it's over with. Yeah. And so uh, uh, Jerome got hurt. And we had this big old guy, his name was Alton Boyd. I'm talking about he was – he was a load, and he played he played tailback. Mm-hmm. And the first time I knew that I that I was the toughest thing on when I stopped him, because yeah. it wasn't you ain't gonna. There was nobody else. Yeah. You know, I stopped him, and and I told Coach Duke that day. I said, I'll never play cornerback again. Linebacker mm-hmm. is where I'm gonna make my mark at, and and. Uh, I did. I'm, you know, I, I went all the way to Defensive Player of the Year, Cobb County. Mm-hmm. Uh, 165-pound linebacker, 11 assists, seven, seven solos a game. And, you know, the guys in the hood, they, they, they argue about who was the best in, in this, you know. And, I, I, you know, I always tell them, I said, look, if you ain't got the hardware, if you don't wear that crown jewel, I don't even want to talk about it, <laughs> you know. So it's just, uh, I, I really had a, you know, I'm, I'm still searching. Uh, like you said, I'm not a uh, 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 real Christian like, you know, like some some people be doing, hollering all out in public and all that. I don't do all that. Mm-hmm. I just know that him and I got a relationship and. And I'm gonna keep that dialogue between him and me and him straight. I don't care. Well, I do care about how how my relationship is with people. But if I me and him good, me and people, me and, me and people are gonna be good. 
So tell me, growing up in Marietta, what was what were some of the things that you liked growing up in Marietta, especially back then? It was a lot different then than it is now, a lot smaller, a lot more community feel. Well, I liked I liked the fact that people were closer. Yeah. Uh people loved each other. Uh you couldn't you couldn't get away with nothing. Um if 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 you got in trouble at the top of the hill. You're going to get whooped all the way down to here, and then you meet your father, and then you meet your mother, you know. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, you know, now you tell a kid, hey, man, don't talk to them adults like that. You know, they go home and tell their mom and daddy, and you got to fight them. Right. Well, that, that didn't happen back then. That's right. And a lot of guys that was delinquent dads, my pop and them used to step to them guys. Mm. You know, it wasn't like you're going to take something home to them. Yeah. You know? Almost like an accountability yeah. system kind of built yeah. in with those guys. Within, 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 the, within yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, Did you stay in the same apartment the whole time or the same the house whole the whole time? time? Okay. The whole same apartment. My dad went for mayor of and he used to come home, and I used to say, you know, I used, well, I did get to talk to him. I tell him one day, and he told me, he said, you know, he said, Jeff, I was the Jackie Robinson of Merritt Housing. You know, he was the mm. first black guy ever hired mm. for Merritt Housing. Wow. And he told me one day, I said, Dad, uh, he said, you don't know my sacrifice. Mm. And I'm trying to pick him, I'm trying to find out. He said, man, do you know how many people call me a nigga, try to spit on me? Mm. Uh, I'm trying to serve, mm. I'm trying to, but, but I got to eat a lot. I got to take a lot, you know I'm not, no man that takes a lot, mm. but I got to eat it so you can eat. Mm. So I, I, I started learning, you know, and realized how much that man, how much he loved his family. Mm. You know, it wasn't just, cause my dad, you can, if you, if you just, if, if you just a regular guy and you come up to him and say something crazy, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, the outcome wasn't gonna be good. So I know, Back then, him being the only black guy, and and a lot of he said a lot of them were just called just to do something nasty, you know. He had to shake it off, you know. Mm -hmm. He had to come home. He's frustrated, and and I think a lot of times he took a lot of frustration out on my mother mm -hmm. because he he didn't have nowhere else to vent. Sure. There was nobody else to to to. I I don't know, man. I just I just baffles me, you know, that but he was able to do that and he ate it and he and, and you know and he raised all his children. We never not, he raised seven children, well eight. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever stayed back. Everybody graduated on time. Mm -hmm. Uh most of us done had at least two or three years where we were perfect attendance in school. Yeah. You know. He, he didn't believe in that. But now we doing all this after staying in church 11 and 12 o'clock at night. Right. Every night after week. We got to stay up. So we got to do this. We got to go home, go to sleep, mm -hmm. get up and be bright-eyed, bright bushy-tailed yeah. for school. Right. You know. So we suffered a lot. I, you know, I don't really want to get into what I thought my, my church was. Sure. But we missed a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, 
My church could have been a really, really great church, but he didn't believe in education. Mm-hmm. He believed that once you got out of high school, get you a job, pay tithes. He didn't understand it. If I went to college and got a better job, mm-hmm. how big the tithes would be. Right. So he built a lot of churches on poor man's salary. Mm-hmm. And it was an act of God to be honest with you, because we didn't really have nothing, but he built the first black mega church in Cobb County. Mm -hmm. So it was just a collection of people banding together and, you know, families loving each other, crying, broke together, uh, but, but yet full. Yeah. What was it like with you and your you know, brothers and sisters? We all we all close, or did y'all? Yeah, we, we have some crazy times sometimes. Yeah, we. I mean, we were, we was really close. I mean, you know, I mean, we we family. You know, we had, you know, because we had to be close because, like I say, it was almost like everybody was against us. Right. We sanctified. Yeah. You know, so a lot of a lot of them felt like we were supposed to take certain stuff. Right. But we were meaner than them. Mm. You know, we had an aggression that, you know, you first of all, you don't you don't put us in a category that we really it's not what we really want to do, it's what our parents made us do. Right. Now if I'd had my brothers, I would have never been in church that much. Yeah, right. Because at an early age, I didn't think I, I you know I thought if God is being as smart as he is, I don't have to be in church every day to serve him. Mm-hmm. You know, I could tell him thank you on the street. Yeah, I can pray right here. I don't need to be jumping up, go, go to churches. Go to churches. It's 9 o'clock in the morning for Sunday school. That Sunday school lasts all day to about 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Then you go home, your mom cook a full close meal in between four and seven o'clock mm-hmm. and then you back in church all the way to midnight. Yeah. That's you know? Yeah. But it was done. Right. And I think the hours had to be long in the day for our parents, for our mother, the mm-hmm. to fix the type food they fix. They fix some full course meal, man, yeah. in a matter of in a matter of seconds, it fed everybody. And then we back in church, and they shouting and going on again, all the way to 12 o'clock. Now, did your dad go to church with no. you all the time? He didn't. No. He just kind of just said, y'all, y'all take my dad, that and y'all go. See, my dad really didn't like the way the church. My dad was smart, man. He didn't yeah. know. Yeah, he, he seems he, like he, he really, sniffed it out he really pretty smart quick. And like, it, it, you know, it's like stuff like, you know, preacher used to say, I need y'all to go home and get rid of all your TV, you know. Mm-hmm. And the people would go home and throw their TVs out. Yeah. But when you ride by the preacher house, you see a big old TV light in here. <laughs> he didn't throw his out, you know. So my dad would tell my mama, if you throw any TV out of him, yeah. you better be following that TV. <laughs> so we was happy, you know. We, you know, dad, dad was dad in our home. Now, he, Jeff, I, you told me once. You said, you know, my dad. My dad had he had a lot of common sense. He said your dad he 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 wasn't no fool. Yeah, my dad was a smart man. And anybody who know my dad now, my dad died, and and I, you know I, I've been to a lot of funerals, 
And if I mention my dad, hey man, do you know my dad? Man, people ain't got nothing but good stuff to say about my father. My father, to me, he died with no enemies. That's kind. That's kind of way I try to be. I, I don't want you to be mad at me. I don't want you to fall out at me. If I wrong you, then I'm gonna come back and tell you, look, bruh, look, I'm sorry, you know. And my mother died more incredible than him, hmm. you know. I mean, people everywhere paying homage to my father and my mother. Mm-hmm. He was two great people. My mother showed me more of Jesus mm-hmm. than anybody ever could show. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they used to say, in do heartless like a good soldier. And I would see stuff she went through. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, even with my father. You know, he didn't, he didn't to me, mm-hmm. he didn't treat her very well. Mm-hmm. He was a good dad, but he was, he was, he was a bad husband. What I'm saying, yeah. he, he he provided, but he didn't give her the outlet that she needed. You know, he never really took her on vacations, and, sure. and he would go. You know, my dad was a, a hunter. He hunt he hunt year round. You know, he, he bow, uh, gun, rabbit, squirrel, turkey, fish. So year round, he was already already always doing something. But my mother. Were just in that in that house, just it breaks my heart, you know. That you know, I try to live my life different. I try to get out and do something. I try to go on vacation. I try to take people on vacation, and uh, so I, I I got some hard lessons from 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 both parents. But mm-hmm. all in all, uh, if I could be one quarter of my daddy, mm-hmm. then I'm a fool man. That's just that's just how much I revered him. He was, he, you know, I, I went and trained in the ministry one year, and, the, and these guys uh, was telling me they they was calling this guy that I was training up on dad. They called him dad. Certain certain things like opening car doors for uh, these are things girls need to know that are possible mm-hmm. because. If you if you watch them in the malls, wherever you go, wherever you go, if you see the girl and the dude, the dude normally is 10 feet in front of the girl. She's trying to run to keep up. He walking so fast. Mm-hmm. And that my, my daughter shouldn't experience that. My daughter, if you're going, if, 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 if we're supposed to walk together, we're supposed to walk together mm-hmm. now and forever. You know, we're supposed to start out like this. So if I'm training her, you know, like, I was I was telling John, I said, John, my daughter, if I if you ever see me with her and we go to the car, she's not gonna get in it. She's not gonna open that door. <laughs> she's not gonna open that door. And she gonna and 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 her nieces, I don't have that much time with them to 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 express it, mm-hmm. but they catch it. Like when they with me, they know they gotta be on their P's and Q's because I'm gonna say, uh-uh, don't you open that door. Yeah. You know, and they gonna catch on to that, but my daughter, she, mm-mm, mm-mm. and so I try to, I try to, us, me, uh, us as men, we 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 need to be trying to eliminate some of the temptation that our daughters face. Mm-hmm. You know, 
most most of it, social media got them, but you got to have the Jordans, you got to have this, you got to have that, you, you know. And so we have to, like, a guy dating my daughter, he got to come on. His game got to be on because he can't give what I can't if if. He, I can get everything he's thinking about getting. Right. And it ought to be easy because the guy she dating is basically her age. He ain't even started working yet. Right. So you as a man, if you can't outdo him and he ain't working, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, the wolves are waiting. That's right. Everybody watching your child, you may you may you may believe that oh, oh well she's just young, ain't nobody looking at her, but it's some old cats looking at her. Yeah. You know? That's what they do. Mm-hmm. So you got to wake up. You got to start early. You know, you ain't got to drill it to them, but you just got to tell them the pitfalls of it. And some of these, some of these older, older women in the world, they need to t- see. A lot of times, even in the churches, you have you have mothers in the church scared to tell the story. See, if you tell your story. Then, then, then people can get free, because you come in there, and you say, "Oh, look at her, she got that dress on." But look, where was you mm-hmm. when when God found you? How was your dress? Mm-hmm. You know, you you might have been the biggest whore on the block, mm-hmm. but you but you done got so saved now that you won't even tell your story. Mm-hmm. See, so everybody thinking that you you've been this way all your life, but then now check this out. Mm-hmm. My daddy knew you before you got saved. So he, gonna, he done already told me how you were. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's, that's, that's the way it goes, man. We, we're, not, we're not responsible. We don't care nothing about, even, even us as guys, we, we, we need to be trying to figure out a way to help. I need to be helping some guys your color, and you need to be helping some guys my color. And any other color out there, if yeah. if a guy is is is, is got his hand out and he reaching, we need to be reaching. We, if we can't do that, then how can we say we Christian? Right. How can we say we love God or we know God? Mm-hmm. See, I don't I don't claim that, but it's it's just a a human thing for me. It mm-hmm. ain't you know people be saying that well, the Holy Ghost gonna lead you and guide you in all truth. Some things ain't ain't got nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. It just got something to do with what? Common sense. You know, if I got a need and you tell me and you got the resource and and I come to you and you tell me, well, keep praying God going to bless you. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been praying. You were supposed to be the blessing. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So that's that's, that's what we got to get past. We we, be in an era now where... But Jeff, you said in uh, in in the in the church, even in the church that you go to, everybody puts on their Sunday best. They put up a they kind they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to tell necessarily the where they came from. And but you think if they if we were to do more of that, it would help the younger generation realize, hey, you know what? Everybody's got problems. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect, and it's it's all. Not easy. Well, if if you tell me not to do something, I need to know why you're telling me that. So if I ask you why you're telling me that, 
and you tell me your story, I can better understand why you don't want me to go down that path. Mm-hmm. But if you just keep saying, I'm just telling you, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, something bad going to happen to you. Well, what's the bad? I need to know the bad. You know, I need to see the pain and the fear in your eyes for what you went through because you made this same mistake. So that even if, even if I if I get to that, there are, there are going to be some signs uh, that's going to let me know that hey, I can remember her telling me this this what this dude did right here and this where it ended up. So I got an example of what's, what what I'm looking at. It's like. I don't have to get to the end of the street to know that sign say stop sign. I can just see the, the shape of it. If I'm way down the street and I see that octagon shape, I know it's a stop right there. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we gotta give them we gotta give them signs before they get to the sign. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing that. You know, everybody pointing fingers why we didn't do that. Why? Well, you see, man, his son went to prison. I knew that boy was gonna do that. But what did you do to happen? How? how Who's to say if you'd have stopped that night and just you, when you had an inkling in your in your spirit that he was doing something wrong, who's to say you might save him from going to prison that night? So now you sit around and you and instead of saying, Man, God forgive me, I could have tried and try try to reach out to him. You talk about him where well, his daddy wasn't nothing, he wasn't nothing, you know. I mean, so if all of us saying that, then nobody in the world gonna be nothing. You know, we got at some at some point, man. We got to take some kind of responsibility, man. I'm trying, I, you know. I, I put on Facebook, any any women got sons that need a job. You know, I didn't get no call. Now, even if I even if I put that out and and, and somebody said any women got sons that need a job, okay. Me being a man, I got a son. So I'm gonna send my son. My son coming to see you, cause cause you offer you offering a job. I, I'm not even getting it from God. I'm not even. I, I mean, I got a business. I can put you to work right now, make it a decent salary. All you gotta do is be willing to get up and go. And I think the government done messed them up because they're making enough sitting at home. There's people getting checks that they never worked in their life. But they getting they getting they getting unemployment. Ain't got no record where they did work not one job. I know I know drug guys that I know been on the street from from high school to now. They sitting at home getting a check, and ain't never worked. Mm. So it's bad. And you know I think talking it may wake up a, up a, up enough or turn something over in some of us to make us think. Okay, look, what can I do? You know, I can't do that much. I ain't got no whole bunch of money, you know, but I got time. I got, you know, a guy need to talk to me about drugs. Because that was a, that was a big thing. It, 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 drugs shut down a great man for a short period of time. Mm. It shut me down. And, you know, and I had, and believe it or not, I had a lot of coaches from Mayweather High. That could have maybe reached to me, didn't. You know, uh, they left me out there to rock. All them years I ran that ball, saved jobs, saved careers, 
Don't think now time, them, them years, that year I played, that senior year, some people didn't keep their job behind that. They were the only way out the door. But saved some job, but didn't nobody reach back to save me. You know, and I, 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 at a funeral, one of my best friends, Gary Turner, he died a couple years ago. And at his funeral, I was able to release some, and some of them coaches was in that room. But we can't throw people away, man. Just cause, just cause you you gotta look at drugs like somebody got cancer. You don't just throw them away. You 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 take them to try to get the best treatment you can. And sometimes, even when you get the best treatment, they go a few years and it returns. So that's the same thing. It's, it here it is, yeah. I went through this with you last year. You told me you weren't gonna do this no more, but guess what? It's not in remission no more. Mm-hmm. I'm full fledged back in the drug. Now that don't mean that 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 I that I that I can't take you. That I, I'm giving you money to go get it. Mm-hmm. It means that if you hungry, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get you a meal. I'm gonna talk to you, but I'm not gonna give you my money mm-hmm. to go out there and do that. So there are ways that we, that we could do, and and it take collectively. Him sitting here, you sitting here, all of us. We got three minds right here in this room. Mm-hmm. We can figure out a way. If we can figure, if they can figure out how to put a man on the moon, surely we ought to be able to figure out how to to help somebody that's struggling. Right. You know, and it's. We, we, we're wasting a lot of money on unnecessary stuff when we could be. Somebody could sleep, some mother could sleep well at night if we doing mm-hmm. what we doing, you know. But we only just three men, but at least we have a dialogue. We talking, yeah. you know. We ain't, we could, we could be somewhere else tonight doing whatever, but we here, you know, and, and it's a it's a concern. And I, me personally, I get kind of—I'm not a teary, a teary guy, but but when I see some somebody come home or come out the rain, or, you know, been been lost a long time and find their way, I, you know, what I'm saying I'm a big baby, mm-hmm. you know. I I, I just—that's the reason why I don't go to church because when when God touches me. Most people jump, jump, shout, and run. I cry like a kid, man. I'm talking about shirt wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the ugliest face in the world. I'm, I'm crying. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to hold back tears. And that's why I don't really go. I mean, you know, I love it. I wish the listeners could. Jeff, uh, my daughter, she told me, she said, do you think Jeff could come around one of my old boyfriends and just kind of be present? I said, Why? Cause, cause he's scary. He, he, he will make him, he will make him scared. So it's, it's nice to hear you say that you, you've got a sweet, soft side. Cause a lot of people see you as a, as a tough, big, strong man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tough and I'm big and I'm strong. But at the same time, I love people. See, I, that's, that's if, if I invest in anything. I, I I would like to invest in the people. Mm. Might not get the return I should always get, 
but I'm getting enough of a return to keep me doing what I do. You know, I mean, and and like I say, because I've been there, I don't, I don't, I can't look down on nobody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, sometimes you, we put our nose up. You say, well, I'll never be on that level, man. But 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 for the grace of God, man, it, that's you. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you just a you just might be a paycheck away, or bad accident away. Uh, a tragedy in your family, that a daughter die, and you and it clicks you off the wrong end, and you and before you recover, man, you done lost 10, 12 years, man. It's people that it's people like that. That's done done that. I've been in the I've been in the drug rehabs uh back when I was you know, I'm twenty something years clean now, but back when I was, you know, going, I was I was in rooms, man, with guys that had race horses that raced in the Kentucky Derby, man. Hmm. These guys done lost all the, now you know, you gotta have some money to be out there. So, now they done lost all this to come in this same room where a little guy who ain't never had something, ain't, ain't never had nothing, we're in the same room. You know? Rich, rags to riches, riches to rags. You know, that's 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 how it was in the room. And 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 you know, we had a common bond. We can't get over getting high. That was our thing. That's that's what made that's what made us come. We all had the same habit. But at the same time, that's what made us strong. Because when I told when I tell my story, he got a similar story. You know, and it and it's, it's no different in the street, man. Look, look, you you got some stuff you dealing with that John ain't dealing with. John got John got his own stuff he did. Everybody got a thorn in the flesh. Don't think Paul was the only one that had it. Everybody got it. Yeah. You know, the church it's nothing but a spiritual hospital. Some people got a worse situation. This guy here, open heart surgery. Okay, this guy over here, he got a worse situation. He in the church, but he but. If 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 it was spiritually, he having open heart surgery, you know. So everybody's doing everything. Don't think, and even the doctor, when the doctor comes see you, he got problems at home too. Mm-hmm. He just he no medicine, but he still got the same problem. Yeah. We all do, and so we 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 got to quit looking at. We got to start seeing the similarities in what we're doing, not the differences, mm-hmm. the similarities. And if we can do that, then 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 we can move forward. I, you know, my voice here, it ain't for me. I'm I'm, I'm here because I know there's somebody out there right now crying need the help, mm-hmm. need for somebody like us to keep continue dialoguing, mm-hmm. so that that one day their hopes is that they may be free. I want everybody to be free like me. Mm-hmm. But like I learned in the program, some of us have to die for others to live. I didn't know what I was going to say when I got here. I didn't even know what you were going to ask me when I got here. I'm hoping that I that somewhere I just prick a little curiosity in somebody. Yeah. You know, somebody 
who maybe have resources that they can't die with, you know, can't take with you. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say rich, I'm not talking about rich in money. I'm talking about rich in heart. I'm talking about men willing to help. I'm talking about men willing to, willing to go downtown somewhere. See, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm giving the state, I go downtown and I feed the hunger. Mm-hmm. I just don't have no, I just, up until this point, until John started telling me some of his, his vision, I, I, didn't have, I didn't have no direction. I, I wouldn't even, I, I, I wanted to serve, but I didn't know how to serve, you know. Uh, I used to wonder why, well, the people going down there to volunteer, why I ain't going to volunteer? Probably wasn't my time to go volunteer. My time might be now, you know. My time may be just this moment, just this time, you know, or this podcast. Whenever it adds, that somebody, somewhere, God gonna he preparing somebody to hear this podcast. That's gonna it's gonna touch somebody. It's gonna raise awareness somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just believe that. Amen. And so, I mean, I'm I'm like you say, I I didn't really know you, but I know your heart now. I know what you're about. You know, you you you're about what I'm about. And we just gotta unlock it. You know, we could we could all be great. We can all be sitting here ten years from now saying, Man, you remember that first podcast? Hmm. You know. Do you remember what we talked about? We may not I may be senile enough not to remember. <laughs> you know? Maybe we'll do five years. Yeah, five years, five years. <laughs> or something. But I I mean, I, I'm just hoping, man, I'm hoping. I'm I'm hoping and I'm praying and I'm I'm wishing, and, and I'm gonna tell y'all something, man. When I leave here tonight, I'm gonna be a better man because I was able to say what I really wanted to say. That's good. And it's gonna somewhere in me, it's gonna hold me accountable at the time that I need to be held accountable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, even from my daughter, from my friends, from my religious background, which I, you know, they call mine was holiness. And, and I got I got a lot out of being, you know, I learned a lot from the Bible, but I had to start reading it for myself. Mm-hmm. I had to work it out for me, you know, and uh, everybody don't see it the same. Everybody ain't going to, when you look at the scripture, scripture ain't going to say the same thing to me as it's going to say to you. It may be a whole different thing it says to you. And me and you make it come together and, and you know, but I love everything you're saying. I, I think that one of the, you know, one of the things that, that gets um, overemphasized is just straight up intelligence. You know, we're, we're always on this quest to learn everything that we can. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But when, when there's no common sense, when there's nothing resembling common sense, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And the things that I think that we're talking about, just just the fact that we're sitting here having this discussion, I, I just I feel hope, like I feel more hopeful about things, because I'm not, we're not three people sitting here with different views trying to win something. We're just having a conversation, and to hear what you've been through, the things that you've been through, um, you know, owning owning your own business now after all that you've been through, all the things that you know life has has given you, the work ethic that you have. You know, the things that you've got and that you're on this journey 
God's working in your heart, you know, and I think it speaks to the uniqueness of how he speaks to all of us, you know, whether you're in church 12 hours a day, every day, or like you said, which is the thing, church has got, has to happen outside of the building. It can't just keep staying inside the building. I think that's one of the reasons we're kind of in the problem, have a lot of problems that we have now. Sure. You know, and so that's good stuff. You know, I I thought back, you know, I said everybody's not dealt the same cause, you know, Uh, and everybody don't get the same fruit, you know. Guys, I graduated, a lot of them got apples. I got a lemon, you know. Mm-hmm. But as time passed, and when I look at myself then, that old that old lemon just I'm I'm, I'm sour. Everybody else sweet, but I'm sour. Everybody really they want to walk by me. They don't really want to touch me because they know if they touch me, they, I'm gonna put a frown on your face. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But look at it. Look what he done with the lemon. With a few things added to my life, I'm kind of like, I can make lemonade. Mm. I'm still here. I got a, I got a business, man. I, I own a business. I, you thought, 20 years ago on those streets, man, you thought I wouldn't, I wouldn't my thought process was nowhere near. I didn't, man, I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about having a, a, a house, a car. I had only one thought when I got up every day. Mm. It's to do what I got to do to go get high. And that's half of America right now. I don't care if it's just alcohol. When, when at the end of that day, when it's time to get off work, that's the best time for the, 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 the liquor store man be waiting on 5 o'clock because he know I'm getting a bombardment of people that's got to get that fixed. Just the only thing different is with the dope, it's all day. That's the only difference. Oh, that's why crack blew up like it did, because this is an all-day chase. You chase that thing in the morning, you chasing that thing, that same high, you chasing it all, all day long. You never catch it. You never get high. The first hit, you never get that same high again. Mm. That you got that first when you when you first hit in that morning. Mm-hmm. Now you but you're chasing it. You're trying. Mm-hmm. You're doing everything you can do, but you're not getting there. And then you take a little bit of piece of drug like that. Little bit of piece of man drove me crazy for all them years, man. I couldn't never see it. Mm-hmm. And and to and to and to and when I think about it, it went it just didn't only drive me crazy. Everybody who hit it. Went crazy. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you got you got guys that I'm I'm looking now at guys that told me when I was getting high, man, he's a crackhead. Okay, now I'm 20 years clean off the drug, right? Mm-hmm. Guess what they doing? They crackheads now. Wow. See, so you never win. Right. See, you 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 go out there, you put it in your mouth, cause you're hiding it from the police, but it's filtering. In your system. Yeah. See, so now, without you even knowing it, your system, you done became addicted 
to that, that stuff in your mouth all day. But one thing can rot out most of your teeth. Most real dope dealers you see them, their teeth rotted out right now. If they started back in the day, their teeth rotted out. That's how bad that's how bad that's how bad the drug was. So Because they hide it in their mouth when the cops come around? Yeah. Yeah. You keep it. That's where you keep it. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why you don't know. That, why you think when the police get you, he try and choke you? Because he don't want you to swallow. <laughs> he don't want you to swallow the product. You know what I mean? He going to grab you around your neck. You trying to run. You trying to swallow. You done. If he gets your ladders, you ain't nothing else going down because he going to choke it up out of you. So, I mean, it's it's just, man. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Jeff, you've got a lot of, uh, they talk about experience, strength, and hope. And I bet, I bet just you know the people in your in your work life and in your just social life and your family life. I mean, they're all beneficiaries of 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 your experience, your strength, and, and the hope that you have. This is hope, man. I mean, <laughs> let me ever think. I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd be on a podcast anywhere. <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, really, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping on God because He's beginning to take me places that I, and, and for most people, they might say, "Oh man, you just on a little podcast," but for me, it's, it's bigger than a podcast. You know what I mean? This, this not just we just over here just talking. We talking about stuff that matters. Taking a, a my situation, and I'm. Pretty sure y'all got the same type story. It just you just got a different cover on your book. Your book don't don't look as raggedy as mine. But if I start flipping through your pages, you got a few two up ones in there too, just like me, yeah. you know. So so when I'm when I'm talking, I'm not, I'm not talking from and I and listen, this is not a a, a pull me story. What I'm telling you, this is not this is not. A story where I'm saying uh, the white guy wouldn't let me. He held me down. No, no, no. I don't have that story about being held down. I, I, I just truly believe that anything I want is 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 in him. And 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 I, I, the only reason why I'm clean is because of him. So my source, see. You may think you my source, but you were never my source. You were just a resource that he used to help me. But he's always been my source. Even the people that, everybody who prayed for me, everybody who believed in me, everybody who hated me, everybody who doubted me, everybody who did anything negative or positive towards me. These were people that God allowed to do what he do to get me where I'm at today. And I haven't arrived. That's that's the thing. And I don't never want to arrive because most people, when they arrive, they quit. See, I don't want never, I don't never want to reach, reach that top. I mean, once you get to the top of the mountain, then what? And that's why I don't want to, I, I tell God all the time, keep me humble. You know, I'm arrogant. Yeah. Everybody got a little arrogance in them. Everybody got a little pride in them. You know, I, hey, man, I think, I, you know, even to this day, I think I'm still the, but I'm really not. You know, my age tell me I'm not. My knees tell me I'm not. 
My eyesight <laughs> tell me I'm not. But in my mind, I really believe I can perform like I once did. You know, I think I'm going out there on the football field right now. If you run that ball, if I get in 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 in, in hand reach of you, I'm going to hit you like Ray Lewis. I know that. Yeah, I believe it. It might knock me out. Yeah, right. But I'm going to lay that last blow. I'm going to do it. You see what I'm saying? I'm not too smart. I want to hear a little bit about your business, Jeff. <clears throat> I want to hear about Heavenly Movers. Well, before we before we kind of close out, because I want I know you've worked hard on that business, and uh, and you do great work. I've used you for years. Yeah. Well, the business is built. Well, my business ain't just uh, just for me. My business is kind of business for my own family. I took I took an uh, this 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 uh, Christmas I. You know, had me a little family. I went, you know, made sure they had a had a Christmas. So it's just not. I'm trying to give back for my business. Uh, my my business was birthed because I was working for another company, and i i needed I needed to get away. I was I was I was in management, but I needed to get away because the younger guys got this thing about. Uh, Disrespect that I don't understand. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's not the same as when we came up. You know, you really had to do something to a guy to disrespect him. But their thing is, if I if I talk a little, to you a little loud, that I disrespected you, and they and they and they hold it true. Oh, and and they hold it true. It's like how it would be if. You did something to my daughter, then I that same aggression that I'ma have towards you about my kid, they got it because I got loud. Because I told you, come come to work in uniform the first day. Calm voice. I came the next day, you was out of uniform again. You think I'm supposed to have that same calm voice? Well, I wouldn't get that way, so, so it, so I get, so I get to where I, I, I'm thinking I'm gonna have to fight every day or something every day. And so I tell the man I need a raise. He tells me no. I give him his key. Now, a lot more went on besides that, but anyway, this is what happened to me. The first day. I left this job. Now, you, you got to think about it. I've been on this job 10 years, never missed a day from work, never was late, closed and open. All them 10 years, never missed a day of work unless they, I went on vacation. This 10 years. And so when I, leave, when, I leave, when I walk off from this job, I have nowhere to go. I, I don't have no money saved up because <laughs> for me, I was going to always be doing this job because it was comfortable to, to do this job. I can, I made, you know, fifteen hundred a week. And, you know, cool, I can lay down. Man, let me tell you something, man. When I walked in, my brother got a restaurant called a Manor House, and I'm pushing this business too. Yeah, but he got a restaurant, and it just so happened the day I walked off, I'm, 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 I'm messed up because I'm thinking, man, I just walked off from my job. You know what? I'm going, man. I'm 
50 years old. I'm, I'm 55 years old. Who going who gonna to hire me? You know? And it was like about four or five little ladies from the church. Uh, uh, one of them the churches on the hill up there, uh, um, greater community. It was in there, and this lady looked at me, and she saw me, and she came over to me, and she said, whatever they've done to you, God done already took care of it. Now, she don't know. My brother don't even know I done left because he hadn't even got there yet. So I, I ain't told nobody. I'm just steaming. She said, you'll never be hungry again. This is what the lady tell me. So now, lady, do you know I just left my job? You trying to tell me I won't be hungry again? I'm hungry now. You understand? So she said, uh, y'all order, get him, get him something to eat. I'm hungry now. She feeding me. So it's okay. Went out there. They had told me I couldn't get no insurance. Man, doors just started opening. All the people that I that I had relationships when I was with them, uh, they came to me. They they kept coming. And to this day, I, from and I, and every time I see that lady, I, I I got I got a certain look of again because. How did you know what you knew you knew? But she never lied. I'm, 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 I'm telling you, I could be sitting at home and I say, God, now you, I, I, I need a little work, and that phone started ringing, and they come and I take and you look and I ain't and I ain't taking jobs like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give away my work to work for you. He's not allowing me to do that. He allowing me to put my price there. And he's going to pay my price. And it'd be so sweet because now when they call me, they say, you come with a high recommendation. And when they tell me that, I know it ain't no, old com- it ain't no more competition at that point. Mm-hmm. I, I, got the high, I, I got a high recommend from my friend. Oh, man, please. So, and I ain't, and I ain't pushing no price up. A lot, of, a lot of guys on the weekend, the price go higher. My price is the same. I'm, I'm going to do good work. I'm going to give you concierge treatment. My guys going to go in there. They're going to they gonna be amenable. They're going to take care of you. They're going to take care of business. They're not going to be all on the phone, hiding behind the truck, music blasting all kind of ways, this and all kind. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. I'm trying to get now all of my uniforms the way they're supposed to be. You know, I want to be a uniform company. I want to, I want to, I want to represent something. I want, I want them, I want, I want to be so embedded in the minds of my clients that if the wife say, honey, you need to go move the car, you're gonna say call jail, because it's about moving. <laughs> so that's 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 all I that's all I want to do, man. I just want to serve people. You know, get them to the next level in their life, next chapter, and then I want relationships from it. I don't want to just move you. I want you to remember me. You know, hey, my my daughter's getting getting married. You know, let's let's see if Jeff want to come. You know, remember me. Let me, hey, I, I come sit down with you. I, I'm not I'm not afraid. I'm I, I can go anywhere. I, I'm 
I'm not the smartest guy, but I can talk political or whatever you want to get on, sports, whatever. You know, I, I got, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm worthy enough to listen to a lot of different stuff to where you won't be bored. My conversation not going to bore you. Now, if you really, really over the top like Einstein type, I ain't going to be able to do nothing with you. But if you common folk, we can, you know, we can have fun. We can laugh. We can kick it, you know, whatever. You know, so, and, it, it, you know, I, I for firemen and police, I got a little percentage off, you know. I, I, you know, the people in the hospital, the nurses, if you if you show me your credentials, that you are a nurse or a fireman, a policeman, a school teacher, anything like that, I'm going to give you a little percentage off, you know, off your move. So, and then I got a great company, and, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a good guy. And I believe in 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 God. I, I I ain't gonna wrong you. If if something go wrong, I'm gonna fix it. And heavenly movers, that the name is it, it, just what it is. Your move gonna be heavenly. I, I I I when people when people meet me and when they when I, at the end of my move, they usually hug me. They usually hug my crew. Because they know them boys done put in some work in here. Them boys done went above and beyond mm -hmm. what moving is supposed to be. And I'm just a, you know, you, you got to understand, I don't, like I, like I was telling John, I don't get a guy from Georgia Tech or from Harvard. I really don't get that guy. I'm going to get a guy from the state pen, though or dropped out of high school or may have a little weed problem or something like that. That's what I got to pick from. And I don't mind because uh, most guys that come do with the telephone company, they the same type of guy. He got a weed problem too. You know, you ain't you ain't really, ain't nobody really straight like you think. They, even if you went to Harvard, you learned how to drink a lot. You know, so you know, I'm I'm picking, and I'm I'm hoping God to send me some people. I need young, strong guys that want to move up. I ain't, I ain't trying to keep you with me. I want you, to, I want you to be so tough that you go in and get your own company, move up, you blossom out. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's just the way I see it. You ain't, you ain't got to stay with me. Learn what you're gonna learn, and get your own money, cause. It's enough money out here. Can't no one moving company move all these people coming to Atlanta. It's a good field to get into if you like hard work. You did so good, Jeff. The uh, <clears throat> well, I'm praying for you to find those workers because, man, your business, I think the best is yet to come, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting to see it kind of grow, especially in this you know this economy that we're in. It's really interesting how. How, how we're growing, but yet it's hard to find labor right now. But the ones you do find, they, they got to be good ones because they're, they're, they're hard to come by right now. Man, I'm fighting every day. Yeah. My job, my, my, my day, I, I, you know, it, it's funny, though. I'll be sitting there, man, and they say, well, Jeff, and I go in there and tell them people, you will need six men, two trucks. Now I tell them that. 
knowing that I got four really good guys I might can call on. But somehow, some way, before that date, before that date hit, them six men show up. I don't know. And, and that's what I'm saying. It goes right back to that lady. Yeah. What that lady told me. See, I gotta live in it. I gotta I walks in that. Cause I know, okay. I be I'll be scrambling and I say, hey, what that lady tell you? Yeah, sit down and be calm. And then that phone ring. Hey, Dell, you need I'm off today. You need some boom. But it's gonna get better. I, I, he, he got me scrambling now. I'm appreciate the scramble, but I'm asking God, listen, I need, you know, because this old body here, it's done started to really break down. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just real with it. Mm. I'm getting older, you know, my hand right here. I think I don't know if it's broke or if it's if it's gout or something, but this, this right here. Man, this thing giving me fits, man. Be aching like no other. And I don't know. And if I touch it on top, that's right, like right on top of that bone. It just feel like it's broke. But I ain't never hit it on nothing to break it. So. How long has it been like that? When I went to St. Louis. Oh, just last week? Yeah. I just, I just, I just felt it. And, it, and it's, I can't even, like, these fingers here, yeah. no pain. When I try and do that, pain. So, and you know, knees and ankles, and <laughs> but I don't even know how I do it. But some kind of way, I get out to bed in the morning. By the time I get me a cup of coffee, everything be be go again. But it's it's sometimes it's awfully hard, yeah. especially you know, at my age, I do twelve hours one day. Come back and do ten, and I ain't talking about doing twelve hours like at a desk. I'm talking about lifting arm walls and sofas and, and big couches and you know this is all day for twelve hours. Body be dead, but some kind of way he allowed me to still be in the game, you know. And I, I need to get out the game, so that's that's one of my prayers every night. I like to be in the show, but I don't want to be the show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, I appreciate that a lot. I. Um... But tonight you are the show. We were interviewing you, and I, I'm I'm just really grateful that you were. Uh, I don't know, just shared with us your you know your upbringing, your story, and and kind of who you are. So thank you. I want everybody else that's listening to go to theprecipiceshow.com, and there's an opportunity to sign up and be notified about some upcoming important announcements, some collaborations and some opportunities that we're, we're talking about for people to get involved. Uh, the first 17 people to sign up will receive a free book, so hurry up. The book will either be, uh, I haven't decided yet, The Gospel in Brief, written by Leo Tolstoy. I've got a copy here. I gave Jeff, you, I gave you a copy of this. Or The Allegory of the Cave, written by Plato. They're both really good books. And actually, one of them's not even a book. It's an essay. But... Uh, the first 17 people to go to thepressbyshow.com and register f for the email announcements, opportunities kind of list, uh, we'll um, receive that free book. We'll send it to you. And as usual with these podcasts, you need to subscribe, like, rate, leave a review, and tell your friends and family about it. 
And, and one thing that's important about this, tell your friends and family about it, is is if you're in the North Metro Atlanta area, you know, Jeff has been kind to come on this show and talk about him and his life, but we've also learned about his business. Um, so if you're in this community of Marietta or Cobb, and there's people that inspire you in the same way that Jeff inspires us, send them our way. We, we would love to hear from them, and maybe we can um, talk to them maybe about coming on the podcast, talking about their business. I want to read some. It's Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. There's some new things happening, and I think there's going to be some opportunities along the way. And um, I'm curious, Jeff, do you feel that way? Do you feel like new things are happening? Oh, yeah. They already happened, man. This, this is a new. So, I mean, we listen. We're not here just by chance, bro. We just, you know, the road he doesn't travel, and the road you don't travel, and the road I don't travel. All them roads leads us to right here at this particular time in life. We could have been anywhere else. This is for a reason, man. I I I, I truly believe that. I, I, I truly believe that something's going to take off from this. And it ain't going to be because of me, because of him, because of you. It's going to be because of us. And we was willing to give up this little time. God go, God's going to reward us for this time we gave up. You know, I, I, I believe that. So it's happening. You just might as well hold on for the ride. The ride going to be real nice. Some t- some, a little bumpy sometimes, but real nice. We got good seats. So this this we're gonna ride. I hear you. Brad, you were saying the other day we were talking about how um this this idea of there's there's something new happening. You shared that for new things to happen, other things need to end. And I don't know, you I think you 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 referred to um uh, a book called Necessary Endings, as you were talking about that. Uh, what do you think about this this transition period that 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 we appear to be in? Yeah, some things some things end just because the time's up, and some things kind of get forced. Um, circumstances happen that allow things to end or necessitate things ending. And um, I just feel like there is something that's happening that's new. I do, I do feel like there's awakening happening. I do feel like people are, um, and I honestly think just this time with, with us sitting here talking about things that we're talking about, I think it's, um, I just think it's a harbinger of things to come, that people can sit down and have discussions about things. And we're, you know, I, I think that in the days coming that we'll probably talk about things that are probably a little more intense, a little more, you know, whatever, um, but if we if we can regain the ability to sit at the table with one another and have conversations about this, I think that things can really really accelerate in a in a good way. But I, I think everything that we're in right now is a season and an opportunity for people to to do something new to try something new. I, I I'm excited about it. it. Nothing. 
I love new things, and I love this idea of kind of this being on the adventure of truth or for truth. Um, and when you go on an adventure, the whole idea is to experience new things. That's the idea of an adventure. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm on this adventure. I'm happy that you guys are on it. I'm happy that the people listening are hopefully on it. And uh, I hope that they keep listening. And, I, and Jeff, I want you to come back. I, you know, there's some things we didn't talk about uh, that I want to talk about next time. Maybe in a few months you'll come back or sooner. And we can talk about uh, some of the things we're working on together separately. And I want to hear about your your card playing, your house, your gambling house also. <laughs> I, I want to hear about that again. You might well write a book, man. <laughs> Listen, you got some stories to tell. I want to hear. We, we can't cover it all in one yeah, episode. But you, but you got some stories too. I know, I know, I know. We need to give a special shout out and thanks to our um, audio engineer. His name is Milos. Uh, Levi is our musical director. Hassan is our web guru. And of course, our co-host here, Brad. Uh, this is a collaborative effort, and I'm grateful for everyone's collaboration and help, uh, but I'm most grateful for the listeners. Uh, if you've taken the opportunity to choose to listen to this, uh, there's a lot of things you could have listened to, uh, but thanks for joining us and being on this adventure for truth. And until next time, adios. Have a good night.